Hello and welcome to another episode of The Angry Officer. I just want to say before we get started, thanks to all those who have been tuning in and listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you like what you're hearing, please share uh, with your friends and like it on uh, Instagram and spread the word. All right, before we get started, um, if you have a question or you have a something that you would like for me to talk about or you'd like to hear me talk about, please send me a DM on Instagram. I'd be more than happy to take a look at that, be able to answer your question or talk about whatever subject you'd like to hear. So let's get started for today. Um, so today, what I want to talk about today is accountability and individual responsibility. So when I first became a police officer and I started taking people to jail, um, I, I started to see some common uh, um, traits amongst the people that I was taking to jail. And it became kind of clear to me that one of the things that many of these people have in common is their lack of accountability. And I'll give you an example of that. You know, you arrest somebody prior to the arrest. You know, you're talking, you're, you're, you're doing your investigation. And it, it was interesting because once you've established probable cause, you know, you get them under arrest, you put them in the back of your car, then they want to start talking. You know, then they start, then they start singing like a, a canary. And they start telling you all their, all their problems. Prior to arrest, of course, they have no idea why you're there. They have no idea what they could have done. You know, they didn't do anything wrong. You know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, you know, I don't want to sound heartless, but, you know, after a while, hundreds and hundreds of these, of these uh, arrests, you know, it gets pretty old hearing the lack of accountability. So you get him in the back of your car, you're taking him to the jail where I work. You know, the jail's a fairly long drive. It can take anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes, depending on where in the city you've arrested them. But so on the way there, I'll tell you, all you got to do is be quiet and they're going to start talking. But what they like to tell you is why they're not responsible for their actions or for what they were arrested for. And they're going to tell you that, you know, they're, they're, you know, father was an alcoholic and, you know, their, their, their dad was abusive or their mom was never around and their parents were divorced or, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And again, I'm not trying to sound heartless, but we all have excuses. Every single one of us. I certainly have some, and I'm sure that if you were to think about some hardships in your life, you probably could come up with some excuses too. But I don't, I, there's no, that doesn't take away your accountability. That doesn't take away your individual responsibility. Um, you know, I, if you've listened to my, my background, you know that, you know, my upbringing, my parents were divorced. Um, my mom was raising seven children on her own. And I can tell you that never, I don't, I remember her ever playing the victim card. I don't remember her saying, oh, you know, I can't afford this. So, so I can go out and steal, or I don't remember Heck, she didn't even she didn't even take advantage of of the welfare system, which, quite honestly, the welfare system. She was a perfect candidate for that. I mean, that's exactly what it's there for. Yet she chose to have individual responsibility. She was responsible for us children, and she did what she had to do to get us through those hard times. 
And I just don't see it now. It's just, it's accountability is either dead or dying quickly in America. And I think it's a huge problem. Um, you know, husband comes home, smacks his wife around. They call the police. We respond. We end up, you know, putting him in cuffs and taking him to jail. Of course, he's probably been drinking or he's under the influence of something. That's also something that was pretty common. And on the way to jail, of course, he's going to tell me, you know, he's, of course, you know, he's sad. Now at this point, at this point, he's showing some remorse for his actions, but you know, he might be in tears. He might be crying and tell me, oh, I, you know, I didn't mean to do it. I, I love my wife. I love my kids. But, you know, my dad used to do that to my mom and my dad was mean to us. And anyway, there's no accountability there. And uh, I think it's, like I said before, I think it's a huge problem. I'm going to give you some examples of this lack of accountability that I'm seeing um, over and over. If you watch the news, just think about that. Just Just think about the accountability or the lack thereof in these news stories that you're hearing on TV. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a couple of examples of those news stories. And one of them is, and the lack of accountability that we're seeing. And this is coming right from the, this is coming from some of the highest offices in our country. I'm not talking, this is, this is happening, not just on a, not just on a small scale family, you know, individual basis. This is happening all the way up through some of our highest politicians in this country. Um, there's there's no accountability. They can say and do whatever they want, and where's the accountability? And when there isn't any accountability, then what? They're emboldened to do it again and to do more and to do worse, uh, because they weren't held accountable. They weren't. There was no punishment. There was no consequence to whatever they did the last time that they got away with. So it's not just a family thing. It's not just a, you know, it. it like I said, it goes all the way up as high as it can go, and it's. It's it's scary, frankly. I'm 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 nervous for where this where this country is headed, and a lot of it is this lack of accountability. So you're going to hear that. I've already feel like I've said that a thousand times, but you're probably going to hear it a thousand more in this podcast because, I mean, I'm it's 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 a problem. So let's get into it. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a couple of of examples, some stories, some news articles that. Um, show exactly what I'm saying with the lack of accountability. And the first one is, it's about an Officer Faulkner. Officer Faulkner was murdered, murdered in cold blood uh, back in uh, December 9th of 1981. And this is what happened. He's on a traffic stop. He sees a vehicle go the wrong way. This is in Philadelphia, um, Pennsylvania. And he sees an, he sees a vehicle turn the wrong way up a wrong way street he, he initiates a traffic stop on that vehicle. And I don't know what took place between the stop and, and, uh, and at some point he decided that this person needed to go to jail and he was going to arrest them. So as he's trying to put this person into custody, um, this, the driver of this vehicle's brother, and I'm just going to call him, his name's Abu. I don't know his last name. I don't like to give too much, uh, too much exposure or credit to, um, criminals, murderers. So I'm just going to call him Abu. Uh, we'll call him the coward, Abu the coward. Like most cowards, Abu decided he was going to ambush this officer from behind and he opens fire. He comes running towards the office, officer and he opens fire on this officer. Now, Officer Faulkner was shot in the back four times. 
Okay, now because he's a warrior, um, Fal Faulkner still returned fire and he struck the suspect. He struck Abu. Um, and uh, unfortunately, it wasn't, it didn't stop the threat. Um, Abu continued and he ended up standing over the top of Officer Faulkner and shooting him in the face. So, in other words, the coward ambushes him from behind and ultimately ends up taking the life, murders Officer Faulkner by executing him in the street. All because he was trying to take his brother into custody who had committed a traffic violation. Now, I know, I know you might, there's those people out there who are going to say, well, why is he, why is he arresting him? He just committed a simple traffic offense. Again, no accountability, right? So the people who are saying that, there's no accountability. They don't think that this person should be accountable. I can, I can tell you, and this isn't even a, this isn't even an experience as a police officer, but this is a personal experience. I had a, I had a, a friend. I knew a friend who was a friend of our family who was killed driving down the freeway, minding his own business. Great guy, great family, because somebody drove up the off ramp the wrong way and hit him head on and took his life tragic so just you know it sounds oh he she just turned the wrong way or he just turned the wrong way it's not that big of a deal well it, it's it is a big deal people die from those types of mistakes or traffic um violations so anyway so coward abu stood over officer faulkner and shot him in the face and uh executes him now let's fast forward to today well prior to current times, um, there was an appeal and originally coward Abu was, was, uh, he was, uh, he was sentenced to death. He received a death penalty, which my personal opinion sounds pretty fitting. Um, so there was an appeal. He was sentenced to death. Well, it was appealed again. And the Philadelphia DA, Larry Krosner, he decided that it wasn't fair that Abu was not eligible for parole. So there's an appeal. He he thinks Abu should be let out. He should he thinks he should be at some point in his life should be eligible for parole. Where's the accountability there? He took the life of an innocent man, not just an innocent man. He took the life of a man who was out trying to protect innocent people. Where's the accountability there? Okay. Now the widow of Faulkner, of course, she wants justice for her husband. And I think she should get it. She went to the courts and asked that the Philadelphia DA, Larry Krosner, be be removed from the case because of a conflict of interest. And those conflicts of interest was Krosner's wife, uh, Judge Lisa Rao. I think I'm saying that right. Um, she was a partner in the law firm that defended Abu originally. That's a conflict. Okay, Some of the top deputies in the DA's office had uh, represented Abu in other cases. Seems like a conflict. Um, D.A. Krosner is clearly an anti-police. He has a problem with police. At least that's what it seems. 
And yet, you know, he's fighting for this. He's fighting for the murder, the murderer. Why, why are we not fighting for victims? I just want to throw that out there. Why are the victims not important in these cases? It's absolutely ridiculous. Instead, we're going to champion, we're going to, we're going to, this, this DA, he is going to fight for this, this poor murderer who chose to execute an officer for who knows what reason, no good reason, because there's not a good reason, right? doesn't matter what you say. There's no good reason for that. Um, tries to execute or does execute this officer. And now we're going to do what we can to get him released because heaven forbid he spends the rest of his life in prison or dies in prison. Like I said, in my opinion, they should have kept the death penalty. But that's just one example. Um, I'm going to talk about another example. And, and just so you know, these articles that I'm talking about, you can find them on the Police Tribune. I think the Police Tribune, it's, it's, a, good, uh, it's a good place to find articles that are clear, you know, with facts, um, not, not tainted with, with political garbage, which is what we seem to see, um, nowadays, right? I mean, on these news, on these news, these so-called news outlets, you know, everything is so, so convoluted with political garbage that, it's hard to, I, I, I keep telling everybody, you know, we, we've, we've moved from the information age to the disinformation age. There is so much disinformation and false information and inaccurate information out there. It's hard to know what to believe and what not to believe. Um, I try and tell people, listen, use your common sense. Look around you. If you look up and the sky's blue, believe the sky's blue. Don't let somebody tell you that it's not. Oh, no, it's not blue. It's not blue. Excuse me. It's not blue. Yeah, it's blue. Believe what you see. Not what they're telling you to believe. Okay. So. Let's talk about another example that's happening right now. This is a current example of the lack of accountability in our in our current system right now. And this is taking place in Santa Ana, California. Um, and I'm just going to read some of this. An Orange County judge has ordered the sheriff's sheriff's office to release half of the county's inmates to include accused murderers and child molesters according to the sheriff these aren't low-lying offenders these are very serious offenses murder attempted murder domestic violence orange county sheriff don barnes said of the inmates he's been ordered to release um, or to turn loose according to wbrc the public should be in a panic sheriff barnes warned they should be concerned about these releases Orange County Superior Judge Peter Wilson recently ordered the sheriff to cut the Orange County Jail's inmate population by 50% after the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, sued the department over allegations they weren't doing enough to protect inmates from COVID-19. In the order issued Friday, Wilson ruled that jail conditions do not allow for the proper social distancing, according to KABC. The Orange County Sheriff's Office had also had already released over 1,300 inmates between the start of the pandemic and the day the court order was issued. As a result, the 6,159 bed facility was already operating with a re- 
reduced population of 3,628. The department must release another 1,858 inmates in order to comply with Wilson's directive. Sheriff Barnes said that 700 inmates are currently considered to be medically vulnerable under the CDC's guidelines. Of those 700 inmates, 59 of them are in for murder, another 39 for attempted murder, and 90 of them in for ch are in for child molestation and a litany of other viola violent crimes, according to the sheriff. Wilson gave Sheriff Barnes a deadline of December 31st to come up with a list of inmates he will release. Sheriff Barnes, who is appealing the order, said Wilson is going to have to be more specific about which potentially dangerous inmates he wants turned loose. If this judge is, and this is a quote, if this judge is going to order the release of individuals entrusted in my care, who I believe present a significant threat to the public, he will have to identify each one of those by name and order their release pursuant to his authority, not mine, the sheriff said. Orange County District Attorney Todd Spitzer also denounced the order and said it would result in the release of dangerous and violent criminals back into our neighborhoods to commit more crimes and victimize people. There's no doubt it would jeopardize the public safety because these are some of the worst of the worst, according to Spitzer. Coronavirus on Monday. ACLU Soul Cal Conditions coordinator daisy ramirez called wilson's order a victory a victory for who is what i'd like to know this victory belongs to this is according to um, daisy ramirez this victory belongs to the incarcerated people who had the courage to speak out about sheriff's barnes failed response to covid 19 ramirez declared in an acl press release their resistance and leadership will save lives this order recognized that we must not forget the humanity of incarcerated people and they should not be put in mortal danger. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have to laugh. I mean, I don't know what else. You either laugh or you cry. Um, so, I mean, there you have it. I mean, if that doesn't, if that doesn't scream um, lack of accountability, I don't know what does. So, we are going to release, or California is going to release these people because they might get a they might get a virus in jail that has been proven to have less than one percent mortality rate. Wow. Again, where is the where's the outcry for these these the victims of these of these inmates of these criminals? The victims are, they're the ones, they're, they're lost. They're, no one even thinks about the victims anymore. Nobody thinks about the poor children that these, these child molesters took advantage of. And their lives are forever changed because of the actions of these, of these people. And they're going to release them back into our, back into the public um, so that they can possibly reoffend. Wow. I tell you, if I was in California, I'd be standing up. I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd be voicing my opinion. And I tell you, people better start doing that. Um, so now we're releasing criminals. Now you put that on top of the defund the police movement, which is a whole nother subject that I'm going to tackle at a different time because I could go on and on and on about that. Trust me, I've got a lot to say about that. Um, but we're going to release the criminals back into the public um, on top of defunding the police on top of the laws that have been passed around our country that have decriminalized 
uh, many of these uh, many of these crimes that are that are being committed. Um, I mean, there's there's many DAs now in different states that won't even they won't even prosecute certain crimes. Assault on a police officer is one I've heard a lot of. Resisting arrest, they won't even prosecute these crimes. Now, here's the problem, and you're going to see this too with a lot of these. You're going to see this too when you when you look at these protests, these these peaceful protests, right? Peaceful, yeah, right. Um, when you see these peaceful protests and you see these people that are spitting in the faces of police officers and they're hurling bottles, they're hurling rocks and bricks and whatever else they can find, spit, probably probably some body fluids. You know, they're hur- hurling all these things at these police officers and these police officers in some cities have been ordered to stand down. You stand down, you stand there and you take it. Now, let me tell you, what does this do? I'll tell you what it does. It emboldens, it emboldens these people. Okay, you throw a bottle on an officer and nothing happens to you? Oh, okay. You might throw something that's going to do a little more damage next because you're seeing nothing is happening. You are emboldening these people. Okay, you're you are you're empowering them. You are think you are giving them a, a a sense that I can say and do whatever I want and nothing's gonna to happen to me. You've got these, you've got these actors, actresses. These elitists, you're going to hear me talk a lot about elitists. Boy, don't even get me started on that. Again, another episode. But you've got these elitists now who have these huge chunks of money that they've set aside to bail out these people who are causing civil unrest, who are violating, who are committing crimes you are they're being bailed out so even if they are even if they are arrested they're going to jail and they're being bailed out by these elitists Whew, wow so i wanted to talk also about the lack of accountability that's that i'm seeing my current my current assignment is i'm i work in the school so i every single day i deal with with uh high school age teenagers I've been doing that for many years. I've got a lot of experience dealing with with the with high school age teenagers and juveniles, along with dealing with their parents. Um, and let me tell you, the teens that are easy to deal with and they're really good. The parents are the ones that are sometimes the problem. But uh, anyway, that's a whole other subject. I'm going to tackle that at a different time because this has gone a little bit longer than I was hoping. I like to try and keep my uh, my podcasts around twenty to thirty minutes, um, easy listen and and you know. Um, I don't want to, I'm long-winded. I can go on and on. So I'm going to, I'm going to finish this up, but at a different time, I will talk about the lack of accountability that we're seeing in our schools, the lack of accountability that we're seeing in our juvenile justice system. Um, it's just real quick. I'm just going to kind of touch on this. It's been my experience. Like I said, for years, I've been in that system and I've been dealing with juveniles. And from my perspective, the problem isn't that we're being too hard on our teens or our, 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 you know, 16, 17, 18, 15 year olds. It's not that we're being too hard on them. There's no accountability. There's a lack of accountability and that's just getting worse. And you can look, you can look into some of this information on your own. I, matter of fact, I encourage you to always do that. Always research this stuff on your own. But you know, there's this thing that people are calling the, the, school to prison pipeline or you know there's a lot of different names for it 
my personal opinion, it's hogwash. It's, it's, it's hurting our kids. It's not helping our kids. Um, but you know, that was some politician somewhere who's, you know, their agenda is to get re to get re-elected. Their agenda isn't to make our, our communities better. Um, and so they're passing these laws because they think it's, they think it makes them look like some kind of a, some kind of a, uh, social warrior, I guess. I don't know. Social justice warrior. But I'm telling you, um, we're not doing our kids any favors. I, I hope that as parents listening, I hope that you are holding your kids accountable because that's really where it needs to start. It needs to start in the home. Um, not, not in the schools, not with the police department. Of course, if it's not happening in the home, then those other places need to be able to step up and hold accountability, hold those kids accountable for their actions. Uh, but, uh, you know, it really ought to be in the homes. That's a whole nother subject again, boy, I've, I've just hit on a bunch of them. So these things are all things that I'm going to talk about to come. Um, but anyway, I appreciate you for tuning in. Please like, and share this podcast. And again, hit me up on Instagram. I'm on there. The angry officer hit me up, DM me. Let me know if you have a question about something. Let me know if there's a certain topic you'd like me to speak about. I've been an officer for, like I said, 16 years. So I've got some, I've got some insight on policing and, uh, I'd be more than happy to address those things. But, uh, until then be bold, be brave and be beautiful. I'm out.